Thanks, man. Hey, can we give it up for Paul real quick? Just bringing that heat every, every week. All right. Welcome new people. Welcome old people. Welcome new old people and old new people. It's good to see everybody. Um, you guys are the bomb. This is so fun. We have so much coming up. Revival was last week. If you went to at least one night of revival, raise it up. You guys are the bomb. You guys did such a good job. <sighs> you guys did such a good job for the most part. I got a revival. All right, so we're super pumped. You guys were, you guys were awesome, and we're glad you're here. Tonight, tonight we're, we're getting started with our actual series, which is what we've been wanting to get into all semester. So we're going to be in this book every Wednesday night that we meet. Now, we've got some special stuff coming up in October as well. But every night that we meet, we're going to be in this series, and it's a series of 1 John, okay? So if you have a Bible or on your phone or whatever, open up, scroll over, whatnot, to the book of 1 John. Uh, everybody, do me a favor and kind of look around and be sure everybody knows where 1 John is. It's okay if you don't. Use that table of contents. That is a gift from the Lord, okay? The table of contents is a gift from the Lord. So we'll go through it a few verses at a time. So this week, I'm going to be preaching next week. Dr. Brian is going to be bringing the heat to you guys, so it's going to be awesome. So, all right, 1 John, and tonight we're in verses 1 through 10, okay? Don't confuse 1 John with the Gospel of John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you got to keep going in the New Testament. Keep going. It's actually closer to the end. If you start at the back of your Bible and work your way back forward, you'll get it. You'll see it. Cool? Cool beans? All right, 1 John, we're going to read verses 1 through 10. And then we'll dig into it, okay? 1 John 1 through 10. 1 John 1, 1 through 10. Here we go. All right. 1 John 1, 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked at and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest, and we have seen it and testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life which was with the Father, and which was made manifest to us. Don't worry, I'm going to explain all this. Verse 3, That which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. We'll stop there. We'll stop there. So we're doing verses 1 through 4. Go back to verse 1, Bry Guy. Um, so check this out. The book of 1 John has kind of three central pillars, three central themes to it, okay? Three central themes in the book of 1 John. Love, it's a good theme, right? Love, obedience, obeying God's commands, and doctrine, understanding God. Love, doctrine, and obedience. And they all kind of hang off of each other. He doesn't just go point one, point two, point three. They all kind of hang off of each other like a load of clothes in the laundry. They all just kind of go together, right? Love, obedience, doctrine in the book of First John, okay? And if you notice, like, straight here in verse 1, he, like, just gets right into it. Like, there's no cool introduction. He doesn't even tell us his name. He just, like, jumps in. That which is from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and touched with our hands, okay? John just gets straight into it, and he starts by telling us, now look at verse 1 again, that which is from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen, which we have looked at, which we have touched, 
He's telling us, in verse 1, John is telling us that Jesus Christ is real, okay? That Jesus Christ is real. Now, it's like, I know we're in church, and it's like, oh, okay, I kind of hear, but no, no, no. John is telling us that Jesus Christ was real, that he was a real human being, that they heard speak, that they saw with their eyes, that they touched with their hands, that they spoke to as well, okay? He wasn't, now, and this is important for us to understand, because some people will tell you guys, like, well, I think, I think God, Becky, can you close those doors? Um, we got megaphone duty back there. Um, you're the man. You're great. I love you. Um, it's good to have you back, my good friend. So anyway, um, but it's super important for us to understand because sometimes people will tell you, okay, God is love, which is true. That's in the Bible, but they don't mean it like that. Uh, God, I think God is in all of us. I think God is the good energy that surrounds us. I think God is spiritual. And John is saying, no, John's not saying that at all. John is saying, no, 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 we have heard him, we have seen him with our eyes, just like we see each other. We have looked upon him, we have touched him with our hands. Jesus Christ was real, and he was a real person. Look at verse 2, look at verse 2. That life was made manifest. He, he showed himself to us. We will find out later, and this is why this is important, because we will find out later in the book of 1 John that the church that John is writing to has split, okay? The church that John is writing to has split, and they've split over doctrine. They've split over what they believe about Jesus, okay? Specifically, they have split over the doctrine that back in the ancient world, people believed that matter, stuff you could touch, was bad, all flesh all human bodies, the earth itself, it was all evil. And the closer you got to enlightenment, the more spiritual you became, the more you could kind of transcend this physical bad world and go into the spiritual good world. Does that make sense? Don't need the physical world. You just need the spiritual only. Which is why in the first two verses of John, he says, no, no, no. We saw Jesus. We heard Jesus. We touched Jesus' physical body. The physical world can't be bad because Jesus did have a real body. He had a real body. This, if this material world is dirty and sinful, then Jesus couldn't have had a real body. And they're saying, no, no, no. He absolutely had a real body. He came in the flesh. Okay? Not going to be a quiz, so just hang with me. This idea that Jesus didn't have a real body, okay, is called docetism, D-O-C-E-tism, okay, docetism. And it, it's this false belief about God that tore through the church, okay? It tore through the church. Fun fact, listen, fun fact, every generation of church has its controversy, Every generation of church just acts a fool when it comes to doctrine about Jesus. For us, for our generation, for our generation, what's the stuff in church that you're like, oh, please don't talk about this? Like that stuff, like talking politics, race, COVID, sorry, COVID, everybody cool? Like talking about everyone's Facebook page, so okay. Like, like for us, it's all these weird, like we all have our stuff that it's like, oh, we don't need to talk about that here. 
And for the ancient church, it wasn't politics for them. It wasn't race for them. It wasn't COVID for them. It was docetism. Okay? It was this idea that Jesus couldn't have had a real body because the real world, flesh and material stuff, was evil. Not just indifferent, but it was evil. Now, this idea that the material world is bad directly is wrong for several reasons. One, in Genesis, God literally, what does God make mankind out of? What does God make Adam out of? Do you remember this? What does he make him out of? Some of the church kids of the world? Hmm? Yeah. Good, Maggie, my theologian. The dust or the dirt. God literally uses them. Like, he doesn't make mankind out of some theological, ectoplasmic, whatever, big word. No, no, no. He uses the dirt. He uses the literal ground. And if all matter is evil, but at the end of the, but at the, end of the sixth day when God creates mankind, what does it say? That it was what? It was good. It was good. And when he makes females, he says it was very good. So the Bible directly says, no, no, no. The material world is good. God says so. But the second reason, here's the second reason it's super important. Like, I can't wait on the minivan ride home. Your mom's going to be like, what did you learn? you be like, oh, we learned about docetism and like the master or whatever. Okay, so number two, this is super important. Ready? Now I'm going to say it, and you're going to be like, what? Just hang on. We don't have souls. We are souls. Okay? We don't have souls. We are souls. Here's what I mean. We don't have bodies. You have a body. No, no. You are a body. You are a soul. The things that, like, like if you're angry in your soul, your body will use words that show that you're angry. Or your body will get a red face. Or you'll start sweating weirdly. Like, because your body is showing what's going on in your soul. Does that make sense? If your soul is sad, you will get this ugly face and, like, start crying. And it'll be weird. Like, our bodies do whatever our souls are feeling... Because the body, and the, the body and the soul are the same. They're connected. Isn't it interesting? When God created Adam, it just talks about God creating his body. You ever figured that out? When God creates Adam, it just talks about him creating his body, not so much his soul. Now, God breathes life into his body, but the body is the soul. The soul is the body. They are connected in this intricate... I wouldn't even say they're connected because that inference is that they're two different things. They're the same. Your body is your soul taking action. If your soul wants pancakes, your body is going to move towards that. Does that make sense? Like, your body does what your soul wants. Side note, side note. If body and soul are closer, are more closely connected than you think, be so careful with the argument, my body, my choice. Because if the body and the soul are the same, it's not just the body that's at stake. Does that make sense? Maybe more on that next semester. Whatever, we'll figure it out. All right, so last one, last one. If Jesus didn't have a real body, then our bodies cannot be saved from sin. Jesus became human so he could save humanity. Well, I thought Jesus saves our souls, and he does. But how did he save our souls? He became a body. 
And his body died on the cross. And his body rose. Remember doubting Thomas, right? Jesus says, no, touch me. I'm real. I'm a real body again. So believing that Jesus is just a spirit destroys human nature, but it also destroys the gospel of Jesus. Jesus taking physical form, Jesus having a real body, shows us that what you do with your body matters. If Jesus values the body enough to become a body, then what you do with your body matters. Look at verses 3 and 4. Verses 3 and 4, and they'll be on the board too. And I, man, this font is small. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that your joy may be complete. We write these things, verse 3. We're right, so, so John is telling you, about Jesus having a real body, about Jesus being a real person, so that you can have fellowship with us. Fellowship is a big fancy church word that means community. We're telling you the truth about Jesus so that you can have community with us. Why? Because if you don't believe in the truth of Jesus Christ, then you're not really a part of our community. Doctrine is important. It's not just this boring thing that like only people who get paid to talk about it talk. No, no. What you believe, look right at me, what you believe about Jesus matters because doctrine is essential to the the health and safety of the church. But also look at verse 4. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. Getting Jesus right is not just the key to like getting an A on your test or your Awana medal or whatever. Getting Jesus right is the key to your joy. John is telling his people, John is telling his people, I'm writing this to you for your joy. Think about it. You're in a church, and this belief starts to crop up that Jesus doesn't have a real body. And all of a sudden, people start to believe it. Close friends of yours start to believe it, and you don't believe that. But because your friends believe it, they leave your church. They stop talking to you. They stop fellowshipping with you. They stop, they don't want to, they don't want to be around you anymore. And you start to think, well, gosh, if believing that Jesus has a body, if that's going to cost me my friends, well, I don't know if I want to believe this anymore. And John is writing to that. Does that make sense? John is writing to that person saying, listen, I know that this is difficult. But I'm reminding you, we saw him. We talked to him. We heard him. He's, he really had a body. Stay the course. Don't give up here. And to those of us here, listen, maybe you're a little bit new to church or maybe you've been in church your whole life and you're starting to realize, maybe either through revival last week or just through church during the week or, or Brian and these fools up back there are starting to impact you and you're like, man, I need to start getting a little more serious about Jesus in my life. But as soon as you start to get serious about Jesus, all your friends are going to be like, ooh, a little bit. Like, you know the game, whatever, it's fine. You know the game, there's that game, Cards Against Humanity. You know what I'm talking about? Okay. So, sinners, but okay, whatever. So, like, there's, there's, this, part, there's this part of the game where my wife was playing this game after becoming a Christian. My wife was playing this game with some of her friends. Legit, this truly happened. Christian's just like a boss like this. So she goes, she's with her friends. 
who I don't think were believers at the time. And she's like, ooh, I'm not playing that card. Ooh, I can't play that card. And they go, why? And she goes, because I love Jesus now. And everyone in the room did exactly that. Everybody was like, what? And it was like super weird. But Kristen was like, I love Jesus enough to where it's okay to be if I'm awkward with people. And in the same way, when you start to get serious, like, like all of you guys are students, which is great. I'm so glad you're here. But your faith is kind of like your house at this point for some of you. It belongs to your parents. You wouldn't have it if not for your parents. Does that make sense? It's not a bad thing. For some of you, not all of you. But there's going to come a time where your faith has to become your own. And you've got to start being serious about Jesus. And that's going to result in some of your friends being like, and they're not going to want to talk to you as much. And you're going to have this, listen to me, you're going to have this moment in your life where you're like, well, if this is what believing in Jesus gets me, then I don't think I want to be a part of this. And John is writing to you right now saying, hold on. I saw him. I talked to him. I heard him. He's real. Hang in there. Does that make sense? So you don't have to like go to your friends and be like, have you heard about docetism? And like talk to them about that. But like in your own life, there will be things where Jesus is going to cost you. And John is saying, I know. I know he's going to cost you. I know your friends are looking at you funny now. I know that. He's real. I'm telling you. Hang in there. All right, five through ten. Five through ten. Um, and then we'll be done. Let's go, Fry Guy, let's go five and six. Five and six. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. This section is kind of split into three parts. John says, if we, and then he says, then we. If we, then we. Three times, okay? The first one, he says, God is light. If we say that God is light, there is no darkness in him at all. If we say that, if we say, I believe in God, I believe in Jesus, while, verse 6, while we walk in darkness. This word for walk, okay? This word for walk in verse 6 of your Bibles is a reference to a lifestyle, an ongoing action. Oh, cool, Ryan. What does that mean? It means it's not, an, it's not a specific instance of sin. Does that make sense? Like one thing that you did. It's a constant thing. In other words, it's not about one specific sin here. Okay, John is talking about the pattern of your life. The daily, repeated action, the overall flow of your life. Believing correctly about Jesus affects our daily lives. It affects how we walk daily. It affects, one, one way to say it is, believing in Jesus affects even the boring stuff that we do. Not just the big stuff. It affects the boring stuff. Let me, let me give you an example. Fighting lust is a good thing. And sometimes we lose that battle. But if you lose that battle every single day, if your language, you know, language happens, right? Bad language happens. But if it happens every day, all the time, while you're also telling me how much you love Jesus, 
If that anger in your heart towards those in your family who, are, who you're close with, if that anger, like, like we're going to get angry. People be crazy. I'm cra- Everybody's weird. Everyone's a little off. Like we're going to get mad at each other. It's going to happen. But like if you've got, listen, but if you've got that anger resting in you every day, never going away, it's part of the regular flow of your life, that's part of walking in darkness. Does that make sense? You're once in a while talking about how much you love Jesus while walking in the darkness. Look at verse 7. Look at verse 7. Oh, my word. It's like it was written for mice. All right, here we go. Verse 7. But if we walk, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, right? But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his son cleanses us from all sin. He doesn't say, if you walk in the light, you get it. He says, if you walk in the light, that's proof that we are his. It's proof that Jesus has bought you. God is light, so the repeated pattern of our lives should be walking in the light. It's there. Now notice he says, walking in the light. It's a daily part of your routine. Daily part of your routine. We practice the truth. It's our daily routine. Now, it sounds like John's kind of going for perfection here. Walk in the light, walk in the light, walk in the light, walk in the light. But look at the last part of this, verses 8 through 10. 8 through 10. If we say we have no sin... We deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Here's the thing. Listen, if we say we have no sin, we're liars. Why would we say we have no sin? Why would we say that we don't have any sin? Because, listen, sin is not only wrong, but the effect of sin is that it blinds you to how sinful you really are. One of the effects of sin, one of the effects of being in sin, is that it blinds you to the effect of how sinful you really are. Why is it that every other person is a sinner, but you and me are just struggling? Does that make sense? Because in our own hearts, we start to rationalize. Oh, you don't know what kind of upbringing I've had. Well, you don't know what my family's like. Well, you don't know what this is like. Well, you don't know what my workload is like. Well, you don't know what my... And like we, the inner lawyer comes out, and we rationalize away our sin. Oh, it's not as, it can't be that bad. Not, not like her. Not like her. Because the terror of sin is that it numbs our hearts, but we can also ignore our sin. Too many people right now too many people right now who call themselves Christians are trying to cover up the sins of their favorite celebrities, are trying to cover up the sins of their favorite politicians, are trying to cover up the sins of the past, are trying to cover up the sins of the present. Don't make Jesus, it says we make Jesus a liar when we do that. If he had to die for our sin, we need to be able to admit that we're sinful. Does that make sense? And, and saying that you're not perfect is not the same thing as saying that you're sinful. Okay? We have to admit this to ourselves. And as Christians, you and I as Christians, 
we should be the first to admit the wrong in ourselves. If you're on a team, or if you're in the band, or if you're doing like extracurricular stuff, don't try to cover it up when you do something wrong. Be the first to say, my fault, or my bad. Don't be the first to make excuses, because as a Christian, we're the only ones who really have an antidote for the problem. Does that make sense? We shouldn't have to cover things up, because Jesus has covered them up for us. That's what walking in the light is. If we constantly try to cover up our sins, then the truth is not in us. It says here, the key is not to ignore your sins. The key is to confess them. We talk about fighting your sin all the time, right? Fight your sin, fight your sin, fight your sin. If you're ignoring your sin or minimizing your sin or hiding your sin, trying to fight it on your own, you're not really fighting it at all. Because you're not using the weapon the Bible has given us, which is confessing our sin. And I know some of you are like, okay, Ryan, there's no way I'm doing that. Now we're starting to get somewhere. Now we're getting to that thing in your life that you don't talk to your parents about. Now we're getting to that thing in your life that you would never tell any of us. That's, what's, that's the thing in your life right now where you're walking in darkness, and it's time to come into the light. It's time to confess the thing that you're doing so that we can begin to help you. You are never going to beat your sin by yourself, okay? You are never going to beat your sin by yourself. It's never going to work. There's too much of it, and you're by definition blind to some of it, right? By definition, you can't even see all of it, which is why, part of why community is super important. Because you've got to be able to see, you've got to be able to have other people who see things that are going on in your life, and they love you enough to call you on it, right? Talk about, ooh, a little bit, right? But that's the only way we're going to grow together as a family, is if we can be honest with each other about like, hey, what was this post on Instagram about? Why, you seem really fired up about this, like, can we talk? Or like... Hey, what you said back there, what was that about? Like, and, and, I, and I know, like, if you corrected me today, I wouldn't be like, oh, thank you so much for showing me that error. Thank you. Let's go get food together and I'll pay for you. Like, I'm going to be like the inner lawyer's going to come out, right? Because I'm blind to my own sin. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? That's what that is. It's trying to cover it up. That's sinfulness. That's the sin coming up. So we've got to get to a point, and not to where you're trying to correct people all the time. Like, don't be that guy. There are Christians, and then there's that guy. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, love people enough to have real conversations. All right, last thing. Jesus Christ paid in his human body for every sin you will ever commit in yours. Jesus Christ paid with his human body for every sin you will ever commit in yours. Your sins have been cleansed by Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? Your sins, the things that you do, the things that you're not even aware that you do, have been covered by Jesus. That's where we have to start. Jesus hung on the cross because we were sinful, and he rose from the dead because we are forgiven.